0: Oh, come on, why don't we give that praise to the Lord for a moment? We've worshiped in song, we've got excited, but why don't we just, without any music or anything, why don't we just lift up both of our hands as high as we can reach, and would you do that with me this morning, and would you just lift up your voice, and would you begin to call upon the name of Jesus, and would you begin to create an atmosphere of faith? That's it. In a moment, we're going to go to the Word, and God's going to do something powerful this morning. There's going to be an impact this morning, but before we go there, we've got to create that atmosphere of faith. Would you do that with me? God, right here and now, God, we lift you up, God. We release our faith into this atmosphere, God, that you can operate that you can do your work, Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, have your way today. Do your work, Lord Jesus, the work that only you can do, mighty God. You are the great I am. You are the alpha. You are the omega. You are the beginning. You are the end. You are the first. You are the last. You're my author and the finisher of my faith. It is you. It is you. It is you. It is you. Jesus. Hallelujah. I promise not to be long this morning, as long as you'll preach with me. How many are gonna preach with me this morning? <laughs> Mark chapter number 10. If you've got your Bibles this morning, Mark, chapter number 10. Pastor Brown, what an honor and privilege it is to be here this morning. Thank you so much, Sister Brown. I give honor to you and your family. And Brother Amado and Sister Amado Azar, it's so wonderful to be with good friends and people that I feel uh, comfortable and I trust. Uh, your pastor, I was telling Brother Motto yesterday, is one of four voices in my life that I trust. And um, in ministry, uh, you've got to be very careful uh, who you surround yourself with and who, who you allow to speak into your life. And church, I want you to know you have a very powerful pastor, and um, not just... Locally, I know you know that locally, but nationally, uh, he has a heavily influence on what God is doing around the globe. And so you're very blessed, and I'm grateful to be here this morning. Mark chapter number 10, verse 46 says this. Now they came to Jericho as he went out of Jericho with his disciples, and a great multitude, everybody say great multitude, Blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging, and when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Verse 48, then many warned him to be quiet, but he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called or to come to him. Then they called the blind man, saying, "Be of good cheer, rise. He is calling you, and and throwing uh, the, uh, he, he is calling you and throwing aside his garment. He rose and came to Jesus." So Jesus answered and said to him, what do you want from me? To do, what do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, Rabboni, that I may receive my sight. Then Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. This morning I would like to continue what we talked about and the youth revival on Thursday night. And this is a a a week of a weekend of for for the young people. So, mom and dad, elders, you are allowed to listen. I'm just gonna give you that privilege and that honor if you would like this morning. But young people, this is gonna be for you. And I hope to address some issues that the youth are facing this morning and, and try to come at it from a different angle that you've never seen before. But Would you, as you're seated, would you clap your hands one more time and give the Lord some praise and you can be seated. We live in a world that is full of peril, that is full of desperation. We live in a world that is getting darker and uglier by the moment. We look in our media, we look in the news, we look at the violence that is going on. The types of video games that our young people are playing today are becoming more and more violent than ever. We look at the, the news and, and the amount of, of, of things that are going on, it begins to blow your mind. You think, how on earth could that possibly happen? The world is getting bolder in their message. The agendas that are being pushed, the, the agendas that counterdict the word of God, the agendas that go against what God is trying to do in the earth, and they're being pushed upon us. And our young people are having to face things that mom and dad, you never had to face. You see, we know that sin is sin, Brother Brown. Sin, sin is has one purpose and, and one goal. And sin's purpose and goal is to separate you from Jesus Christ. It has been said that, that the devil's greatest weapons are a hammer and a wedge. Because if he could ever get you to be separated from Christ, then he wins, then he can have the advantage. That is sin's goal. That is sin's purpose. But we know that sin has changed its methodology. Sin has invented a new trap for every generation and the traps that sin has invented for this generation are unique and different like never before. Young people are having to deal with pervasive media that's in your face and, and, and feelings and emotions that they never had to before. The uh, on, on our texts, every young person now is, uh, I mean, junior high and even elementary school has a cell phone now. Back in the day, mom and dad and elders, you remember when when only one person on the block had a phone in their home? If you wanted to call, you had to go down the street. I see some heads nodding. I, when I was growing up, we had one phone in the house, and it had a long cord. And we and, and when the phone calls came in, and, the, and you know, that was in the 80s, it wasn't for us, it was usually for mom and dad, so we were like the answering service, you know. Airflow residents, how can I help you? But times have changed. Teenagers and young people are dealing with things. Sexting, which is the, the sending of, of, of promiscuous, explicit pictures and, and, and talk on text messages. You didn't have to deal with that. When you now think your young people are just sending happy messages to their friends, there's actually other things going on. The numbers, if I were to re- talk to you about the numbers, which are staggering at how many young people are involved in this today, but it's trying to eat at you. The world is getting bolder and bolder. We look at all of the, the, the music and, and the artists in the industry. They, they want to call us crazy because we dance and we shout and we want to live separate and holy. But you, you, I think it was a year and a half ago, you look in and, and Lady Gaga is on the stage at, at some music awards show in a dress made out of meat. But you're the crazy one for wanting to cover your body up, wanting to be separate. You're the crazy one for wanting to be holy. You're the crazy one for for wanting to be uh, separated from the world. I know, I know. It's crazy. But this blind man, blind Bartimaeus, as we call him, he sits on the roadside in a dark, dark world. Why? Because he's blind. He cannot see. He's sitting there on the side of the road, and and if you could imagine the conditions, you can imagine the setup. When I read scripture, often I will stop and take the time and ask myself several questions. What does this text look like? What does this text sound like? What does, what's going on here? What does this smell like? What does this feel like? I can imagine in that day they didn't have Colgate. Or oral B toothbrushes. And, and I can imagine people's breath was really stanky. Now, young people, I know you don't know anything about that. Your breath is always squeaky clean. They didn't have Listerine, they didn't have Right Guard and Secret deodorant. They, they, it was, these people, they didn't even bathe every day in some levels. At community baths, they go once a week. So this scene was pretty smelly. It was in the Middle East, the Near East, and it was, it was hot. People were sweating. You think you sweat sometimes, and, but you get to pop into an air condition. They didn't have air condition. They were sweating all the time. There was lots of dust. They didn't have Nike sneakers to put on or Toms that would cover their feet. That's open-toed sandals. Their feet were gnarly. They had like crawling on each other. So you see this scene and They came to Jericho and Jesus was with his disciples, his bodyguards. A lot of people don't know Brother motto, but Jesus actually had bodyguards back in the day. They were his disciples. And the disciples were there not only to to learn from him and to be discipled, but they were also there because they wanted to uh, protect Jesus. You see many times in the passage, especially toward the end where even in the Garden of Gethsemane, the, the guards come to take Jesus. And what happens? Peter pulls out a sword. He was packing. He had his Kevlar on. No, I don't know if he had Kevlar on. He, he was ready to go, and he chops off an ear. What? Because they were bodyguarding him. They were, they were pushing people aside. They were protecting him. They try to bring some children to Jesus, and, and they say, no, no, not now, not now. And Jesus, no, suffer the children to come to me for such is the kingdom of heaven. And so we see Jesus walking on this, this road, and the disciples are around him, and there's a multitude A crowd, there's a large crowd, and they're they're thronging Jesus, and they're wanting to get a hold of him. Why? Because maybe they had a need. Maybe they needed a word in their life. Maybe it was a financial, maybe it was a physical need. Maybe it was just a miracle for a family member, but they also had needs. And so they were thronging him, and they were trying to touch him, and they were trying to get a hold of him. And they're pushing, and they're jostling for his attention. Hey, Jesus, I'm over here. I have a need. Hey, 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 over here, look at me. And people are trying to get his attention in in different ways. There was a crowd. And blind Bartimaeus, he's just sitting there. He's sitting on the roadside, and and the Bible tells us that he was a beggar. He was begging. You see, being blind made him an outcast of sorts. He was not allowed. He was considered impure. He He was considered imperfect because he was considered unwhole, and so he was not allowed to enter into the temple. He was not allowed to, to do certain jobs. He was relegated to sit by the, the wayside and just beg. He, he The society and the culture that he had been a part of had just said, listen, you can't do much. You're not really worth much, but we're, we're going to find a place for you, and if you'll just sit here on beggar's row, so to speak, and if you'll just sit here and, and hold your hand out, you'll we'll give you something every now and then. We'll throw you a bone. We'll 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 give you a little coin and and maybe that way you can take care of yourself. And so from a young age, blind Bartimaeus's parents taught him how to beg and and how to ask for alms and how to take care of himself because he was not able to to be a carpenter. He was not able to be a farmer. He was not able to to work in the marketplace like others. And so he sat there on Beggar's Row with all of the other beggars. The Bible says that he was he was poor. He just sat there. Alms, alms. In a world of darkness. In a world of confusion at times. In a world where he had to rely on all of his other senses. He sits there. No doubt, blind Bartimaeus, like everyone else of that day, heard the stories of Jesus Christ. They knew how Jesus had healed the leopard. They knew How Jesus had healed the woman with the issue of blood. He no doubt heard how he had caused the lame to walk. How he had opened up the deaf ears. The stories that he had heard, the miraculous, the miracles. And no doubt inside of his heart, it produced faith. It produced faith. Why? Because he heard in his ear. And no doubt he heard the story of how the paralyzed man had a, a, a posse of four, some friends, that, that took him to the house where Jesus was teaching and Jesus was healing. And, and he heard how they couldn't get in because the line was thick. And there were other people there trying to get to Jesus. And the walls in the house may be permit- permitted him, didn't permit him to get in. And so what they did is they climbed on top of the roof and they get up to the top of the roof and they begin to peel back the tiles and they begin to peel back the mortar and the brick that was up there and they begin to lower this man down right to where Jesus was. Jesus says, wait a minute, something's falling on my head. He looks up and all of a sudden, the, blind, uh, the, the paralyzed man is there, and, and Jesus says, take up thy bed, rise up. He says, go, be all healed. And he picks up his bed, and he, he goes on his way, and he's healed. That's miraculous. That's my Jesus. That's my God. He. It has been said that he responds to needs. And this is true. But he responds to those that are willing to step out. And these stories, they produce faith in blind Bartimaeus' heart. They caused him to believe that Jesus could do the same thing for him. They caused him to understand that there was a miracle worker in the land that it wasn't about the doctors. It wasn't about the being a beggar. It wasn't about those that could take care of him, but there was a man who had power and he understood that this could be the Messiah. This could be the one that they talked about. This could be the one that mama and daddy told me stories about when I was a young child and I went to Sunday school and I heard how Jesus could heal. And I heard of them when the Messiah came, that he would open up the blinded eyes. He could be that. Juan, I want to ask you a question this morning, young person. Do your, do your friends and do your peers know about Jesus Christ? Yeah, they see the crosses on the wall and as they drive by and throughout and and the crosses on the outside of the street, and they know maybe they know the story about him a little bit, but do they know the power of Jesus Christ? Do they know that he is truly the Messiah? Do they know what he's done for you? Do they know how at one point you were lost and you were down and out and you had no hope, but Jesus came along and he touched you. And maybe it was at a youth convention, maybe it was at a camp, maybe it was at a youth service or a Sunday morning, and you came to the altar and you gave. Gave your life to Jesus and he touched you and he changed you. Do your friends know the story? Because listen, if they don't know the story, if they haven't heard it, then how can they have faith? How can they have faith? Faith cometh by what? Hearing. And hearing by the word. You've got to know the word. We know that blind Bartimaeus, he knew the word. He understood who Jesus was, and it's apparent by the next verse, he steps out and he says, it says, and when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy upon me. You see, son of David wasn't just some nickname that Jesus carried around. It wasn't just something that blind Bartimaeus said, hey, I'll just, I'll just make something up and, and maybe he'll respond. But blind Bartimaeus knew the word. And the word said that the Messiah would come and that he would be of the lineage. He would be of the seed of David. And so when he was crying out, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy upon me. He wasn't just saying something cute that he thought might get his attention. He was giving him, he was pronouncing his title as the Messiah. What was he doing? He was saying, Jesus, I not only believe you're a good man, I not only believe you're a prophet, I not only believe that you're a great man, but what I believe is that you are God manifest in flesh. You are the promise of the Messiah. You are the savior of the world. You are, you are the one that was foretold by the prophet Joel. You are it. It's all about you. I'm claiming you right here and right now and whatever I have to do to get your attention. You see? See, sometimes we come to Jesus in prayer and we say, yeah, I know. Yeah, Jesus, you know, you can do this or that for me. I, yeah, I need a miracle here and whatever. If you want to do it, go ahead. And, 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 and Jesus says, wait a minute, you're approaching me all wrong. Yes, sometimes I come as a friend. I, 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 we know that, 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 that Abraham was a friend of God. And and sometimes I come as a daddy, I come as a father. But there's times when you've got to enter my throne room and you've got to approach me as a king. You've got to approach me because he is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And sometimes we've got to enter his throne and say, you are the great I am. You are the Messiah. You are the Prince of Peace. You are the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. You are the seed of David. You are the great King that was and is and is to come. It is all about you. You are Jesus. And then we begin to come into his throne room and we begin to exalt him and we begin to adore him. All of a sudden, we begin to gain access to treasures. If you, if you go meet the Queen of England, there's protocol. You don't just go to the Queen of England and say, hey, what's up? High fives all around. Give her a big hug and say, hey, how you doing? Miss you. You've got to kneel. Take her hand. You've got to kiss her hand. And and, and there's Protocol. You don't sit before she sits. If you're eating, you don't eat before she, there's, there's protocol. And Jesus has a way, it's his way as of approaching him. And we've got to come, we've got to come and prepare ourselves before we approach him. And this young man, blind Bartimaeus, he understood that. And he begins to cry out. And and, and I don't know, I wasn't there, but sometimes I imagine, like I said, when I read the word, I, I close my eyes and I wonder, what are my senses telling me about this passage? And I can imagine that he didn't just go, oh, hey, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy upon me. There was a crowd there. There were people there. There were, there were people thronging Jesus. There were those trying to get his attention. They were, they were, they were trying to say, hey, there were, there were probably others yelling. He didn't just sit there and go, what's going on? Oh, there's Jesus. Oh, hey, Jesus, where you at, man? Cool, dude, I'm over here. He got out of his comfort zone. He got off his tush and he had to stand up somehow and say, hey, Jesus. Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy upon me. Jesus, it's me, blind Bartimaeus, I'm over here. Have mercy upon me. Jesus, thou son of David, I'm blind. I have a need. You're God and God alone. You are the Messiah. I need you. Jesus. And blind Bartimaeus steps out of his comfort zone. Blind Bartimaeus steps out of what he's known all his life. place where, where we're going to put you. Society and culture put him on beggar's row. You're not good enough to do anything else. You're damaged goods. Your life is a mess. You've been abused. You, 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 your, your life has been tainted. You're, you're not good enough. You'll never be good enough. You're not smart enough. You're not talented enough. You're not bright enough. Just Stay. In the place where you are, just stay right here with your 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 little uh, your little poncho, and just beg like everything else. Continue to be dependent. You see, I, I have no doubt that there were other beggars that day. Maybe other blind men, or other uh, those that maybe needed uh, their hearing, or, or or who knows what the needs were. I have no doubt there were other beggars there that day, and as they sit there. You see, they are faced with a dilemma. They're faced with a dilemma, Brother Brown, and the dilemma is simply this. Do I step out of my comfort zone? Do I step out in faith and reach for Jesus, knowing that he can heal me? And that's a scary thing because I got to step out of the boat. I, I, I got to step out of the, from what I know, what is comfortable, into the unknown, Right? Or do I stay in my spot where I can take care of myself with Ulysses? I I, I know my regulars that come by and give me a certain amount of coin. I know the homes that I can make my way to and they'll give me some bread. I know that if I stay here, I can do it on my own. I can take care of myself. I I don't need, to to anybody else, I, I can do this, I don't need Jesus, I can do this on my own. It's a dangerous place to be knowing that Jesus is in the house. It's a dangerous place to be, young person, going to a church service and knowing that Jesus can, can, can heal you and can touch you. It's a dangerous place to be, but, but also knowing that if I step out in faith, no longer will I have to be dependent upon others. No longer can I depend upon myself, but I'm going to have to depend upon him. You see, why, why is that? Because we like people to feel sorry for us. We, we like to sit there and say, woe is me." As a young person, my family had, had to be on welfare, but, but there comes a time where you get off welfare. But there's a welfare mentality in our culture and society that says, "I'm, gonna, I'm on welfare, and I'm going to always be on welfare." That's Antichrist. that goes against the word of God. You see, there were others there that had that mentality, and they said, "I'm just going to stay here because it's easy. I'm going I'm to just get a handout. I'm just going to get from, from my, what I know and what I can do on my own. But there was something inside of blind Bartimaeus. I don't know what it was, but it sounds like he was sick and tired of being sick and tired and blind. It sounds like he was ready to get on up. It sounds like he was ready for a new life. It sounds like he was ready to see the light. He was tired of just being blind, Bartimaeus. You see, no longer, if I get my healing, they can't call me blind anymore. If I get my miracle, they they can't just give me a nice little pat on the back anymore. And so Jesus is walking by and he begins to yell out and he steps out of his comfort zone. When When he pronounces his title, he's saying, Jesus, our son of David, is a form of worship. It's a form of praise. This morning when we had worship, Sister Tamara did a wonderful job of leading us. And there were those of you that were dancing and you were worshiping. And and growing up in church, Brother Brown, I remember when there were times where we had our our, our certain group that was kind of got their crazy praise on. You know what I'm talking about? They got the crazy worship on. We we had one guy who would do handstands or headstands. He'd just come up and do a headstand, feet straight in the air. Okay. We had you know we had runners and we had we had all kinds of chicken dancers and all you know you name it. We had it all. And, you know, there was that time where you, you brought your friend to church and, you know, that you were trying to, like, get him introduced to church, you know, and you're like, I hope this is a tame service. Lord, please, just let it be nice. And it always seemed like that was the service that, that, that everything just broke out, that everything just went loose. Everyone's hair fell out and neck ties were flying and jackets were swinging and, and people were jumping, doing backflips off the pulpit, Right? It seemed like that was always the service when when something would go haywire in the spirit. And that's probably what your friend needs whenever they come. But we always had the group that would sit back and say, "I, I don't understand why they have to do that. That doesn't make any sense. You always have the Judases that sit back and say, well, that that could have been sold and given to the poor. Why did she have to break that alabaster box and pour it on Jesus' feet? This was nonsense. That form of praise and that form of worship are ridiculous. Why? Why do they have to do that? If you knew where some people came from if you knew the hell hole, if you knew the place that God pulled them up out of, if you knew the pit that they were in and they couldn't get out and they had no way out, but all of a sudden a Jesus comes along and he reaches down with his hands that are nail scarred, his hands of mercy, his hands of grace, you would be right down there in the altar, in the aisles with them, and you would be worshiping on the same tone with the same thing you saying, I'm gonna worship with you because your victory is my victory because we're the church, we're the body of Christ. And when one of us wins, all of us win. When one of us gets the victory, we all get the victory. Somebody clap your hands right now. Come on, somebody clap your hands. Hallelujah. And all of a sudden he's screaming out and he's crying out. And, and and Bartimaeus, he, he's, he's having, he's declaring his confession of faith. He's, he's releasing it. It's a declaration. And the Bible says this, and many warned him to be quiet. Shh. Stop. Sit down. Go back to your place. We're warning you. You're you're not supposed to be doing that. You're, You're not supposed to be yelling at Jesus. I mean, do you know who he is? And he says, Yes, I do. I do know who he is. Do you know what's wrong with me? Yeah, if you only knew, then you would understand. He said, Be quiet. But the Bible says, He cried out all the more Son of David! Upon me, even though they restrained him, even though they pushed him back, even though they told him to shut up, even though they told him to sit down, he was persistent. He was perseverant. He was bold. He was zealous. He was unashamed. He was unabashed. He was willing to step out and say, "I don't care what you think about me. I'm gonna go nuts. I'm gonna get my blessing. My situation is dark. My situation is ugly. The world is getting darker. My family's going through a divorce. I'm being abused at home." nobody knows about it but I come to tell you devil you're a liar and no matter how much you tell me to shut up no matter how much you tell me to go back to my hole no matter how much you tell me I'm worth nothing Jesus tells me different Jesus said I am the apple of his eye Jesus said I am worth something to him and I've got to get his attention and worship I've got to get his attention and praise Jesus thou son of David have mercy upon me! Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. And so blind Bartimaeus is going nuts. He's going crazy. He's not just sitting back. On the sidelines, on the bench, but he's stepping out. He's getting pushed back. As Bishop Haney would say, he was being buffeted. He was being jostled. He's being told that he's wrong. But he has a need. He has a need. He's persistent. Young person, there's some times where you've stepped out of your comfort zone, and it's not good enough. And it feels like, I've done that already. I've clapped when I'm supposed to clap. I've shouted when I'm supposed to shout. I've danced when I'm supposed to dance. You've got to get perseverant. You've got to get perseverant. There's sometimes you just got to keep knocking on that door. You just got to bulldoze. You got to be relentless. You got to realize that if I just keep going, if I keep pushing, if I just stay, if I just keep on keeping on, if I just stay on the path, I know that Jesus is going to get a hold of it. Jesus is going to notice it. And verse 49, listen to this. This this amazes me. This amazes me in the context of the scripture. It says this. So Jesus... Stood still. Jesus. Stood. Still. And commanded him. To be called. Then they called the blind man. So those that had just been pushing him away. Those that had just been telling him to shut up. And sit down. To be quiet. Those that were just kind of. Buffeting him. Are now. Because the master is saying. Go get them. They're now going over to him and listen what they said. Be of good cheer. Be happy. That is an alarm. Be happy. Be of good cheer. It's exciting. Yay. But wait a minute. You were the one that was just telling me to to just sit down. You were the one that was just telling me to, 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 to go back. But wait a minute. I'm so confused. You see, when Jesus stands still and when Jesus calls you, there is nobody that can stop you from getting to him. When Jesus calls you, when Jesus is going to do a miracle for you, he calls you out. And when he calls you out, there's nobody, not even his bodyguards, not even the crowd. There's not even a roof. If you're like the woman and with issue of blood, you, you got to crawl through the through the ground and just to get to Jesus, but there's nothing that can stop you when Jesus stands still. And he calls you. He says, he says, they say, be of good cheer, arise. He is calling you. And throwing aside his garment. I wondered why he would, the, the Bible would say that, would note that. It's an interesting note to make. It says that he threw aside or throwing aside his garment, he rose and he came to Jesus. the cloak that he was wearing that garment that i call it a poncho i'm from california we wear ponchos sometimes that poncho was his only valued possession it was very diverse it was all, not only his protection from the wind the rain the other elements but it was it was also used to carry things my, our local church, we have many homeless people that we were. I have friends that are homeless. And I talk to them about their bag. If you've ever met a homeless person, their bag is their most valued possession. I've done works in shelters. I see some people nodding heads because you know. The bag, why? Because your whole life is in that bag. Or maybe some have a shopping cart. But that's everything. That's it. And if I, I've, I've been there at a shelter when a homeless gentleman thought he lost his bag. And when he thought he lost that bag, he went nuts. He went crazy. He, he, he felt as if he was losing everything. Why? Because that was his most valued possession. Everything that he needed, everything that he, that he used to get around was in that bag. The cloak that he was, that Blind Barameas had was the same way. He could, he could put stuff in it. He could wrap it up and he could carry it like a bag on his back. If it got, the weather was getting bad, he could, it would cover him. It protected him. When he went to beg, he would lay it out on the floor. And this was his catch-all. This is where they would throw the coin. This is where they would put the, the, the stuff, the bread or the food that they were giving him. This was the thing that he depended upon. This was his tool of the trade. This was that, that thing that, that allowed him to live the lifestyle that he lived. This was that very thing that, that, that he depended upon. And when he took that cloak, and he, the Bible says he threw it aside, he cast it aside, what was he doing? Jesus didn't ask him to do that. He didn't even get his miracle yet. He was still blind. But that was a declaration of faith. He was saying, listen, I want you to know, Jesus, I am no longer dependent upon everything that I've known. I am no longer going to be dependent upon this world, my job my family, my friends, those that that I thought I needed, but I am now dependent upon you, Jesus. You are my shelter from the rain. You are my shelter in the storm. You are the one that will carry me. You are the one that will protect me. You are the one that will give me what I need. You are the only thing that I need. And all of a sudden, blind Bartimaeus, he tosses that aside. And I can imagine Jesus going, oh, my goodness, this guy's serious. This guy's not playing around. This is the real deal. Something's going on. There's something different about this blind man that wants his miracle. He wants something extraordinary. Young person, I would to God that you would throw aside all the things that you're dependent upon. There's so many, it, it, our dependencies come in different forms. Some of us, it's music. It's the music you listen to. It's become a, a type of drug to numb your soul from the situation that you're in. Some of you, it's friends that you have to surround yourself with. It's constant text messages and, 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 and calls and, and things and, and hanging out. Why? Because we're, we're trying to numb ourselves. We're dependent upon these things. Some young people they, they bury themselves in their schoolwork, and we need to do our schoolwork. But they use it as a, as a type of of, of novocaine, for the spiritual novocaine, a tool to, to 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 that they're dependent upon. But I would to God that there would be a generation of young people that would rise up and say, Jesus, I am not going to be dependent on anything else but you. You have everything I need. You are the one that I look to. You are the one I put my faith and my trust in. I'm leaning upon you. And even when mom and dad don't walk that walk, and even when friends leave it or or never come to it, or even whenever it seems like all hell is breaking loose in my life, I'm not going to look to the left or the right, but I'm going to look to you. And all of a sudden, Jesus looks at him, and he says, it says this, so Jesus answered him, what do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do for you, young person? Now, Jesus was not a stupid guy, amen? Pretty smart dude, right? Jesus was pretty dialed in, but you could even be a pretty non-unsmart dude like me and see that blind Bartimaeus is blind. Right? This, this lets me know that there were people that Jesus had met who were blind that had never asked Jesus to heal them. Can you imagine being in the presence of God Almighty, the Messiah, knowing that the scriptures had said that the Messiah would heal the, open the blinded eyes according to Isaiah? And that never even asking him. So he comes to Jesus and Jesus says, what do you want me to do for you? And blind Bartimaeus, his answer was simple. Jesus wanted to hear him say it. His answer was simple. The blind man said to him, Rabboni, a rabbi, teacher. He was respecting him again. And he says, that I may receive my sight. Then Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith has made you well. The King James says whole, complete. No longer will you have to be just another beggar. But because of your faith, not only did you have a need, because we know that God is drawn to needs, we know that. But just because there's a need doesn't mean that God is going to do something. We've got to step out. We've got to do our part. Sometimes, I I often, when I come to a service, I I close my eyes, lift up my hands, and I'll say, God, I promise to do my part. But you've got to do your part. I, I can praise. I'll step out of my comfort zone. I'll be persistent, persistent. I'll I'll step out in faith. But only you can do the supernatural miracle. Only you can feel somebody with the Holy Ghost. Only you can can give the increase. Only you can do the thing that that we as human beings cannot do. You want to know how to stop God in his tracks? You want to know how to get God to stand still? You've got to step out in faith. And get his attention. It's simple. Sometimes you're in a church service just like this and you're standing there and there's something going on and there's a miracle that you need and it seems like Jesus, the crowd is thronging him and, and everybody's around him and, and all of a sudden you're reminded of that need. It, it, maybe it's a financial need. Maybe it's a bill that's sitting on your desk when you go home, and you don't know how that bill is going to get paid, and you've spent everything else you have. Maybe, maybe it's a, it's a physical uh, healing, a need that in your body. Maybe you've got maybe you've got some type of disease or or some type of a physical ailment that that's bothering you, or that's that's coming against you, and, and you don't know where to go. And you you've went to the doctor, you've gone to multiple doctors, and the doctor saying we don't know what to do for you. There's not much hope here. You need a miracle. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's a friendship that's been broken. Mom and dad, maybe it's a marriage. You come to the house of God, and everybody around you seems like they're getting their touch. They're getting their healing. You say, Brother Brandon, it's not really my style or my personality. And I understand there's styles and personalities. I get that. But I also understand that when you get desperate, When you get to the point where you have, you've gone every which way you know how to go and the only way you have left is to go to Jesus. You've got to do something. You've got to break loose. You've you've got to cut loose. Would you stand with me? I'd like for every single young person here today from the age of 11 to the age of 21 I want you to come and stand at the front. You see, teenager, Jesus told blind Bartimaeus, he said that it was your faith that made you whole. It was your faith. Bible in a Hebrews 11 1 says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen. I want you to hold your hands out like this. Besides your hands, what do you see in your hands? Wrinkles? Fingers? That's part of your hands. In your hands is your faith. It's that substance of things hoped for the evidence of things unseen in your hands is your miracle in your hands is your touch in your hands is the thing that you need you just can't see it yet but it's there it's there i want you to believe it i want you to have faith in it That's hard, Brother Brandon, if you you knew my situation, if you really knew, if we could just sit down and spend some time at a Taco Bell and we could sit there and we could talk and I would tell you all all of what's going on in my life, you you wouldn't be preaching like that. Yes, I would. Because the greater the need, the greater the power God pours out onto the need. If if you have a need that, that seems beyond reach, he reaches beyond. And I believe that this morning, as you young people stand here, church, this is where the fire is gonna start for this city. I believe that. We on Thursday night we, we talked up, we asked the question why are they lost? And the answer is because we haven't reached them yet. We haven't found them yet. And this morning I've been preaching about when people meet Jesus, what happens? But see, young person, we, we have got to have faith and believe that God can do anything if we're ever going to reach them. If you go to your friend and say, well, yeah, I I think Jesus is cool, but yeah, you know, I don't know. That's not very convincing. They're not going to believe you. But if you say, I want to tell you something. I went to church service on Sunday and i was i was down and out and i had all this mess going on and this garbage going on and i got a, i went to the altar and, and and the preacher that he prayed over me and all of a sudden i got my touch and i went home and and things have been changing and they haven't been perfect yet and they're not where i want them to be but i can feel that something uh, there's a shift in the in the spirit realm and there's something going on and all of a sudden your friend says wait a minute i want what you have i need what you have i want that same jesus and all of a sudden faith the seed of faith Has been planted, and blind Bartimaeus gets his sight immediately. And all of a sudden, Jesus says to him, He says, Go, thy faith has made you whole. I want you, would you close your eyes, all everybody in the house, every head bowed, every eye closed, Father? This morning, your spirit is so thick in this house, and God, I stand before a congregation that is. That is, uh, they believe in you. They know the word, they know the scripture. And God, I pray that somehow these young people would get a hold of that same faith and put it deep down on the inside. God, I'm asking you this morning that they would not only believe it, but God, that they would express their faith by stepping out. By being persistent. By being willing to worship like they've never worshipped before. By being willing to stand and praise like they've never stand and praised before. By willing to step out, be willing to step out of their comfort zone and to speak their faith into their situations. And then beyond their situations to reach into their families, to reach into their homes, uh, their their, their extended families, God. To reach into their schools, to reach into their communities, to reach into beyond their world. I pray this in the name of Jesus. Now, young person, I want you to lift up your hands with your faith. You got faith in your hands still. Don't let that faith go. And I want you to lift that up. Now any youth pastors, any other youth workers, any, any, any altar workers, any prayer warriors, any intercessors, if you know how to pray and you're full of the spirit, I want you to come down I want you to surround this group of young people quickly. Don't hesitate. Just come quickly. Young person, I want you to lift up both your hands as high as you can. I want you to reach for that ceiling. Come on. And I want you to simply pray this prayer. Jesus, I believe in you and I release my faith into my situation. Come on, I want you to just begin to pray. Would you begin to pray that right now? In the name of Jesus, God, I love you. I believe in you. I believe you're the Messiah. I believe you're my Savior. I believe you have the answer for my situation. I believe you can do the miracle if you did it for blind Bartimaeus you can do it for me. If you've done it for mom and dad, you can do it for me. If you've done it for my pastor, you can do it for me. Come on, young person. I need you to pray for a moment. Come on, teenager. That's it. Don't be shy. Come on. That's it. The devil's here right now and he's saying, be quiet. Go back to your seat. Sit down. You don't have to get loud. You don't have to cry out. You don't have to get out of your place. But I'm telling you this morning, you've got to release it in the name of Jesus. Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy upon me. Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy upon me. Oh, come on, that's it. Are there any more prayer warriors? Any other intercessors or altar workers that would come and help me pray this morning? If you're in the house, that's it. Would you just stretch forth the hand and, and pray for these teenagers? I see tears streaming down the face. Come on, that's it. I see some of them speaking in tongues. I see some of them stepping out in faith. That's it. Come on, that's it. Devil, you're a liar devil you're a liar I come against you in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus be thou healed that's it come on come on young person I challenge you just to begin to wave your hands come on somebody just begin to wave your hands back and forth Come on, teenager. I challenge you to maybe jump a little bit. Get his attention. Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy upon me. Come on. I challenge you to turn the volume up on your prayer right now. Come on, turn the volume up a little bit on your prayer. Come on, turn up the intensity just a little bit. Just go that next step. Church, I'm going to ask you to turn up the volume just for a few moments. Come on, there's something here right now. There's a push in the Spirit. There's a push in the Spirit. Would you pray for just another moment? Come on, there's a push in the Holy Ghost. Oh. Come on somebody pray in the Holy Ghost somebody pray in the Spirit come on somebody pray in that Spirit in that heavenly language somebody pray there's breakthrough I can feel the breakthrough in the undercurrent of the Holy Ghost Come on. Come on. Rabba Baba Yashata Ya Rababa I release you in the Holy Ghost. Yes. Come on. These young people are dependent upon your prayer. The prayers of the elders, the prayers of the pillars. Come on, that's it. Oh, that's it. If you need the Holy Ghost this morning, it's here right now. If you need a a refreshing of the spirit of the Holy Ghost, it's here right now. This morning. Let it
1: consume you. This
0: is what happens
1: when people come in contact with Jesus.